Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sylvia F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, June 22nd, 2013. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 58, the fourth paragraph, where it starts with, remember, we deal with alcohol. And we're going to read through the first three steps. Today's readers are uh, 12 Steps, Bay F, 12 Traditions, Jody EQ. And reader number one is Sharon H, and reader, uh, and reader number two, Marie J, and our newcomer greeter is Melanie C. The reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, June 21st, for the 10 a.m. meeting is 10,074, so 10074. And for this morning's meeting, 7 a.m. meeting, today, June 22nd, it's going to be 10077, 10077. Our preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Faye F. to read the 12 steps. Faye? Good morning, Good. There you go. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we are powerless over food that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that the power greater than ourselves to restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, May direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, saw through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive readers and practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. 
FAF, I will now ask Jody EQ to read the 12 traditions. Jody. Good morning. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in California. Thank you, Sylvia. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Jody EQ. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and readers is for six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, please let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And please don't use speaker phones when you are speaking. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 58, the fourth paragraph, and we are going to read through step three. And I will ask Sharon H. to begin reading. Sharon? Thank you, Sylvia. And can you hear me okay? I hear you perfectly. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay, thank you. This is Sharon H., recovered, com- grateful recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. Welcome to everyone out on the line. Uh, remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us, but there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. 
Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol for us food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. And there are there's so much in just this little portion here, but um, I'm going to start with just the word remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, and powerful, and how I came to understand the reality of that in my life was when I began listening to this phone line meeting, and it was all of those pages that brought us up beginning from the very beginning up to page 58 that convinced me to the core of my being how cunning, baffling, and powerful this actual disease is. And there is an explanation point after powerful, so that really lets you know exactly the reality of that that I had not seen before. And then it's too much for us to do on our own, so we must find that one, the one that has all the power. And like it says here, that one is God, whatever God means to us that we can grasp onto and trust that that um, divine power will guide us through this process to set us free from the horrible bondage of food addiction and all of its devastating consequences. And um, half measures avail us nothing. Yeah, well, I tried every half measure there was, and none of them worked. So we stand at this turning point. And we humbly ask for his protection and, and with complete abandon. In other words, no reservations, no loopholes, total, total surrender. And then we begin with this one, two, and three that are the foundation of being convinced that, you know, we're powerless over this and it's not going to be any different. And yes, my life was very unmanageable. And then all I need is a little glimmer, a little tiny seed of belief that this power greater than myself will restore me to sanity, and I trust in the process to do that, and then make this decision, uh, and it is just a decision that my way didn't work, it never will work, I've tried every way to try and make it work, and it will not. So now I put myself, and I love this, under the care that wonderful care of God as I understand God today to guide me through this process. So I'm just so grateful to be here today, and I'm grateful that you are all here too. And I'm so grateful that we have this phone line meeting. Uh, I used to listen very early, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning for many years because I wanted to get this, and I wanted to have that to be set free, and I was. So with that, I passed. Thanks. Thank you so much, uh, Sharon. And now we're going to open it up uh, for people who want to share. Take it easy and let's go. Marie J. Okay, yeah. I got Marie J. And I think, Lindsay. did I have Lynn? Lindy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Liat? Uh, Leah? Liat. L I A T. Liat. Uh, that's Liat. Liat, L I A T. 
Okay, we've got you, Liat. So I've got Marie J, Lindy, Liat, and who else? Kathleen O. Kathleen O. Do I have anyone else? Okay, I'm surprised. Marie J, Lindy, Liat, and Kathleen O. Let's start with you, Marie J. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Oh, okay. I didn't hear my name. Thanks. Uh, this is Marie J, and I am recovered in Colorado. And um, I'm going to talk about asking for com- uh, protection with complete abandon. This is really key for me because complete abandon to the guidance of higher power or God or the universe or source energy, whatever word works, they all work for me. And uh, I used to get tripped power greater than myself that, you know, I, I don't understand it. I can't explain it anyway, but I was fanatic about this whole idea of God because it brought up an image, the word that I used and it, and I wanted to have some control over my thoughts and what God is. And, and, you know, that just messed me up and just saying, okay, whatever it is out there, the instructions say that I have to ask with complete abandoned abandonment. And um, I have to trust that I will be protected. And at first that was the hardest thing. It, It came slowly. It took a long time to get anywhere close to complete abandon. And, I still don't do it <laughs> very perfectly. I don't do it perfectly at all. I'm completely imperfect in it. And I still take back my will. And, you know, when something comes up that's hard, I'm afraid to abandon to God. And I still think I have to do something. I still fall back into self-reliance when I want direction now and I want an answer now um, rather than just sitting in the discomfort of whatever my feelings are. And I have to always get back to complete abandonment to God. Every day I have the opportunity to do that and to get to a place of recovery. And falling into self-will and self-reliance, those are what half measures are for me. That's going to avail me nothing to, to live in my own will and live in my addiction and live in my crazy head. So I have to meditate every day. I have to sit and ask for protection against myself, my own human tendency to want to run the show and be in control. And even, even that, the meditation is hard, just being willing to sit for 20 minutes twice a day and, and give it to God. And that's what I have to do. Everybody has their different way to do abandonment. But if I'm not doing that, if I'm not sitting in that quiet time and asking God to protect me with all my self uh, will being abandoned, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it. And I just need to know every day though, that I get up with my imperfect self and I ask my creator to take all of me good and bad, just like the seven step mm-hmm. prayer says. And I have to have patience with myself. I have to give it the best I've got one day at a time and not be hard on myself and just continue to learn and ask for the ability to totally abandon myself and to totally give up my will and to totally trust that I will be protected and to completely going back to higher power over and over every day, one day at a time, 24 hours. Thanks, the pass. Thank you, Marie J. We have Lindy followed by Liette. Lynn? 
Hi, this is Lindy, recovered in Colorado. Oh, I love this reading this morning. Um, and I have to say, the part that says, remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. I just um, got an email from a sponsee that I'd worked with through step 12. She was getting ready to sponsor that she couldn't do it anymore. And life was crowding out God and, and this program. And it just shocked me. She did so very well. Um, and, and that's just one person that I've seen that happen to. I, you know, being around a long time, I've seen many people smarter than me that worked a program harder than me probably, and they went back out to the food. Um, this disease is beyond my human aid. And that was proven to me a long time ago. And now I have, but there is one who has all power. And that's what I want. I need to be tapped into that power source. You know, like I'm on life support. If I'm not plugged in, I'm going to die. It really is. It comes down to that. And I'm so grateful that with all my confusion about the God of my understanding um, back when I was a child, that I did find this true God, this true higher power that has been able to solve all my problems. And uh, half measures, you know, when I'm doing half measures, it feels like crap. I'm telling you, it does. When I'm plugged into that power source, it feels good. It's just everything feels natural and it works out. I'm not struggling. I'm not fighting with everybody. It just works. And um, we ask his protection and care with complete abandon. I have to start my day that way and stay connected all day long. And you know what? Today, it's a joy to do that. It's a joy to live like that. And to be able to pass uh, this program of recovery on to others is the joy of my life. It really is. And it's so grateful to, I'm so grateful to read this today and to hear all the strong sharing that we're on the same path. It's just a, a miracle. And I haven't even left my house today, you know. So with that, I'm so grateful, and I will pass. Thank you, Lynn. I have now Liat and then Kathleen O. Liat, star one. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi. I'm Liat, recovered compulsive overeater from California. I'm so happy to be on this phone meeting. I am just have no idea how I feel that I found my people finally. I've been uh, clean abstinence for over 17 years and uh, in food plan program, which I love having a food plan and being in the normal body and healthy body weight. And uh, but I've been feeling that I need. I, I've always got, I've gotten my sobriety my from the big book. I've worked with Joe and Charlie and the work programs with Joe and Charlie. So I I've been looking for people that have recovered, and I'm so glad that I've heard. I want to cry when I think about it. But, so I'm really grateful, and I love you all already. And I just want to say about you know. Isn't it amazing, you know, that after all we've read already before, rarely have we seen that we need, I, someone like me, need to be reminded that food defining buffaloing and powerful. I mean, didn't, didn't we already, I already know that. Why don't I, why do I even need this sentence, you know? And I, I do, I need, I don't remember anything about 
who I am, and I I need to daily, like was said, you know, be surrendered. And I didn't, you know, when I I've been away for thirty years, I didn't know what half measure what what is full measured mean. I didn't know. I didn't know that I needed to be honest, rigorously honest about my food and and the allergic reaction that it causes. What food creates allergic reaction? You know, what keeps me in a healthy body weight? I didn't know that I need to be rigorously honest about that. I have to, this needs to be arrested. I didn't know that uh, I need, this program has to come first and I need to pray and meditate and depend and rely completely because on on a power greater than me. You know, I, I didn't know that. And I, so I did service and I jumped up and down and I went to meetings and I, Try different spots. I thought if you really work hard and if you really see a lot of people and you know read a lot of material and answer a lot of questions, that's that's being fully measured. But today I know the big book way, you know, of the daily inventory and 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 caring and being taking the you know responsibility of reco- being recovered and carrying it on to others. This is. Have fully measured. This is, and there's always room for more, you know, because we add, you know, automatically self relies, you know, and, you know. So, I, I do it whether I like it or not, you know, and and I know that I do it today because I've reached that turning point. It was never a choice for me, either fall off the cliff or, you know, seek spiritual help. I love you all. Thank you. Uh, Leah, if you could hang on for one second, what's the what is the first initial of your last name, please? Leah, hello. Yes, what's the first initial of your last name? My name is Leah Tiger Doer, from California. P D. Uh, yeah. P D. T is Tom. T is in David. Thank you. Thank you so much, and thanks for your share. Kathleen O. Good morning, Sylvia. Thank you. This is Kathleen O, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in California. And cunning, baffling, powerful. Oh, my goodness, is that not the truth? Um, You know, why else, after six years of abstinence, would I pick up? Um, You know, the, the turning point. Um, the turning point didn't happen just once for me. The turning point really happens every day. I have to make a decision every day. I have to concede to my innermost self that I am powerless over food and that I need a power greater than me to restore me to sanity um, because my crazy thinking will always tell me to go back to the food. I have amnesia when it comes to the food. So if I'm not staying connected, I'll start having these thoughts. And and my crazy thinking you know, I tell you, it gets me in trouble every time. So for me, I, I have to, I mean, it's, it's working these steps, going through these steps. It's amazing that, you know, I went through these steps. I was very thorough. Um, and I had, I had abstinence and, but I started resting on my laurels. And, and as soon as I do that, I start having, I start taking my will back and my, my addict, my will will always tell me when it comes to food, when it comes to my behavior, it will always lie to me and tell me, oh, you know what? This is going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You can, you got this. You got this. And I don't have it. And 
And, you know, sometimes when the day gets crazy and, and I start having food thoughts, and it doesn't happen very often anymore, but I will have food thoughts with, and not, not foods that, um, you know, certain things have totally been removed. It's like I have no desire to eat things I used to binge on before. But my abstinent food, I'll have these thoughts that I need more. Oh, I need more. And as soon as I have that thought, I'll think, boy, this disease really is cunning, baffling, and powerful. Where the heck is that coming from? I don't need more. I have plenty. You know, what I weighed and measured is plenty. And, um, and I know that that's the point I need to go down into my innermost self and connect with that higher power that, that really will keep me, you know, on the up and up that's going to protect me, that's going to take care of me, and it's going to stop my crazy thinking in my head that I can go to sometimes. And, you know, I, I, I love the analogy. It's like, you know, I, the shower I took, you know, yesterday does not keep me clean today. And the work I did in recovery yesterday does not stop my crazy thinking today. I've got to get up and do it all over again. And it's really hot here in California. Sometimes I need to take two showers a day, <laughs> you know, and, and it's the same during the day. I don't just check in once with my higher power. Sometimes I have to check in several times with my higher power. And as long as I keep that connection, as long as I live in these steps and follow these principles, I'm going to be safe and protected and everything's going to work out okay. And I'm not going to eat and I'm not going to want to eat. I'm just going to want to stay healthy and eat my healthy food. And thank you, I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. So if you're just joining us, we're on uh, page 58 in the chapter, How It Works. It's the last line. Remember that we deal with alcohol and we're reading through step three. And who would like to get on the list to share? Is there one to unmute? This is Rocky. Rocky. Rocky I. Who else? Ashley P. Sandy E. Ashley P. Sandy E. John K. John K. Carrie A.H. Okay, I've got Sherry KB and then Terry A.H. A.H. Okay. Thank you. I think that that's probably going to do us. Rocky I, Ashley P, Sandy E, John K, Sherry KB, and Terry A.H. Let's start with you, Rocky. All right. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, good morning, everybody. My name is Rocky I, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, yes, remember that we deal with food, conning, buffaloing, powerful. Uh, it took me a while, honestly, to to come to this point where, um, like, I'll give an analogy. Uh, so today is, I have the knowledge of, oh, a stove is hot, ooh, burns, turn around. Or, oh, rosebush, thorny, no, 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 no. So, um Working the steps really change our mind. Um, and as you know, I'm the rebel. I always question the, the big book, and it worked. And so um, uh, by grace and by really uh, reading the big book over and over, studying it, dissecting it, uh, I have come to a place where where I now my mind recoils, it's like it further down pitches. Uh, it automatically happens, it recalls, but how did I get there? Um, by really admitting that, that um, uh, 
uh, accepting the, the physical condition of the allergy, like accepting that never, ever, ever, no matter how holy I become, the physiology of my body will never change. Uh, it took me a while to, to like, absorb that. Um, and uh, it's like peanut allergy or bee allergy. Somebody that has bee allergy will never, ever, ever uh, not be allergic. And so it doesn't matter if he gets stung with one bee or the whole colony, he will react. And so that's, uh, that's where the powerlessness is. It's like, oh, my God, I will never change it. And at the beginning, even though it was a really sad realization, is freedom. Because now I know, uh, and as I said before, I eat a lot of symbiotic. Uh, because I have a lap band, so now at least that is uh, that helps me. It's not the solution, but it helps me. Um, I eat a lot of food. I just don't eat my binge foods. And uh, um, today I don't even crave them. I don't long for them. Um, it's just a, it's not hocus pocus. It's refocused. And and uh, with the help of you guys and a sponsor and. Uh, my God squad, you know, I've been able to learn that, oh, rose, thorny, or cactus, I'm Mexican, and I love to eat cactus, uh, and they're thorny, so it's like, oh, cactus, thorny, like I need to peel it before I eat it. And so that's what got, you know, that's where it comes um, in handy. So anyway, um, with that all pass, the stay, uh, you will recover if you do it like in the big book. And with that all pass, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rocky. Now Ashley, followed by Sandy E. Ashley P. Hi, this is Ashley P. Recovered in Northern California. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, so I just i am floored by uh, everybody on the line today. I just feel um, really, really grateful to hear this type of recovery and to hear um, such an, an amazing group of people. Um, yeah, it is really, really cutting, baffling, and, and powerful. Um, and I, I, I wasn't aware for how long, how, how cunning it was, and how many different incarnations um, it took. So um, there's, there's the sugar, there's the restricting, there's the over-exercising, there's um, the obsession with what I look like or what others think I look like. Um, and basically, it, I mean, it, it sort of starts out with the food, but it's it's not. It's all these other things that start becoming really important to me um, and start becoming my my higher power so that my morals and my values and um, who I am and and how I behave in this world that just becomes less and less and less important and when I when I kind of don't know like is that my eating disorder speaking or is that maybe my higher power speaking or is that I mean that's how cunning and baffling it is like sometimes I don't know what's my voice and and what is um the voice of the spirit of the universe and when I tap into the difference it's you know it's anything that i i think is more important than um than my relationship to god or 
for who I am and how I behave and the relationships that I have um, in this world. Uh, And my eating disorder, you know, it it just constantly is is going to make me think that um, I... I am different and, and that maybe I could do this thing or maybe I could do that thing. Maybe I could try this diet. Maybe I could read that book or the self-help book or, or try that retreat. Um, and it just, it ends up being whack-a-mole. I mean, I, I try and, and I have in the past just tried all of these different ways to get better from my eating disorder simply because I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't turn it over. Um, and then there was the point that came when I was finally willing to, and I kind of have this picture of like a road in the middle of a large field and the road goes in two different directions, one, one way and the other, um, another way. And, and one way is with God and one way is my will. And all I know is that that way with God is infinitely, infinitely better. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Ashley. Sandy E. followed by John K. Sandy. Sandy E. Star one. Are you there, Sandy E? We'll give you another second. Okay. Now, can you hear me? I can hear you. Thank you, Sandy. Okay, I'm sorry. On the speaker phone, I hear a lot of feedback. So. Okay, I'm not on a speaker phone, but I am in a room with a clock that just time. Okay. Go ahead. First of all, thank thank you for your service, and I just really appreciated this reading this morning, cunning, baffling, and powerful, and that has been so true. And I've appreciated the shares this morning about that. And without help, it's too much for us, and that's been so true. And. Um, but the half measures availed us nothing, and I think that's, that's the part that really jumps out and hits me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in my 70s now, and I have been wrestling with this. I can remember praying for relief from this since my 20s and have wrestled with God. But what I wanted was a half measure. I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to control the food, and I wanted to basically do what I wanted to do. And I tried all kinds of diets. Um, I did lose weight. I even uh, lectured for one organization, used to weigh people in, um, and I even did my master's in public health, and for my um, master's degree program that we had to do, I did a weight loss program and did it for a group in the community and everything. It was a flop. It was um, back in the 90s with the low-fat diets. But, you know, I I pretty well went through everything. But it was a half measure because I needed to do the whole program. And I think, um, to me, at this point, um, just to do the 12 steps and to have the relief from the, you know, the resentments and the little things that just um, cause us to eat, those those emotions that are more subtle, the uneasiness, the restlessness, to have the relief from that is to me worth the whole program and to have that connection with God, uh, um, a more tender conscience than when I'm, when my face is in the food. That's been worth the program. The weight loss I'm experiencing and have experienced is, is a bonus. 
but to me, ultimately, it's, it's about um, the peace and the serenity that I've gotten for working all of the steps. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Sandy E. John K., followed by Sherry KB. Good morning. Uh, this is uh, John Kiernan, recovered from Pulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. <clears throat> Slowly getting my voice back. Um, you know, one of the most important sentences in this book, in my opinion, remember we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Uh, you know, I, I, this story of the sponsor who asked the sponsee, okay, in that sentence, what's the most important word? And the sponsee thinks, this is, I don't know, cunning, I guess. And he goes, no, this is how about, uh, this is okay, I guess, powerful. Uh, the sponsor says, nope. He says, okay, then baffling, I guess. The sponsor says, nope. The most important word is remember, which is important for me to remember that because part of my disease is that strange mental blank spot, the whiskey in the middle, the jaywalker thing. Um, and there's a great lady out here who used to say, I'm not a slow learner, I'm a quick forgetter. And that's the part I need to remember. And the cunning is, oh my God, the cunningness of me being my relapse, 14 years in the program, I'm in a relapse. And I'm going to three to five meetings a week, you know. And, you know, sometimes when I lead relapse workshops, I'll say, when you're trying to get abstinent or you're coming out of relapse, it very often feels like you're fighting yourself, you know, because this disease is trying to convince me in that moment of impulse that it's I'm the one who wants to eat. Now, when I was in that relapse, again, I was going to three to five meetings a week. I had a sponsor. I was a sponsor. I was a delegate of the intergroup. In fact, I was secretary of a meeting. And yet I would leave that meeting and stop at the donut shop on the way home and be like, what am I doing? Why? I'm not sentenced away if I don't want to be here. But that's the evil part of my, of my disease. It can be, you know, if, if, I always call it the world's best salesman. And if that salesman makes the sale and gets me to go eat, it then puts its arm around my shoulder and says, oh, and by the way, this was your idea. No, it wasn't. I wouldn't have been going to three to five meetings a week. I wouldn't have had a sponsor. I wouldn't have been doing all that work if I truly just wanted to become more. But again, that's that cunning, baffling power part. And I can only get help if I turning my will and my life over to a power greater than myself. In the beginning, that was program. That was a sponsor. You know, I, I, there was part of me that wanted to just go to a mountaintop and find God if somehow I could jump over having to do the things I needed to do as a beginner. And the most important thing was I needed to get a sponsor. I needed to quit. You know, part of the problem is if, as long as my disease has got control of my brain, it's going to want to negotiate my surrender. And I'll tell you right now, the only surrender that works in this program is to full, total surrender. And as Arlen always says, just consider that surrender is just joining the winning side. And with that, I pass. Thank you, John Kay. Sherry KB, followed by Terry A.H. Oops, good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. <clears throat> Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thanks for your service, Sylvia, and everyone on the line. I was laughing. Anyhow, um, at myself. Um, okay, so cunning, baffling, and powerful. Without help is too much for us, but that one has all power. And that's what jumped out at me today, all power, because I, I am powerless. 
step one, I am powerless over this disease, but God has all power. And, you know, may you find him now. How beautiful is that? Um, asking his protection and care with complete abandon. You know, when I came in, I, I hated the word abandon. I, everybody has their bugaboo words, and one of the ones for me was surrender and abandon. But, and I was told that there is, surrender is not in this book at all. And so my next bugaboo was abandon, the thought of abandoning myself. But when I looked it up, and um, there's different, of course, definitions, but what jumped out at me is a course of action, um, a practice, a way of thinking, a new way to abandon myself to my higher power. You know, I've been told that abstinence is just a ticket in the door. You know, the real wonderful things just begin when I start working these steps. And... um, for me, you know, um, for every step there's a principle. And so the first one is that, you know, step one is about honesty. It's about admitting that I am powerless and that my life is unmanageable. I'm powerless over food and my life is unmanageable. And then um, the second one is, is step two is a, is a principle of hope that a power greater than myself will restore me to sanity. And power is is capitalized here, whereas when we look at all the, <clears throat> pardon me, the other powerful, powerless, and everything, they're all small. But <clears throat> came to believe in a power greater than ourselves is capitalized. So to me, that's, that's, that's just very poetic to me in that way. And then made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him, and that's about faith. That's about doing the work on faith and just trusting that we will get connected to a power greater than ourselves um, in this book and doing the step work. And that's to me, is such a beautiful thing because my life had been so unmanageable. And I, you know, my disease is so cunning, baffling, and powerful that it's like I have to get up every day and do this deal, as it says, as a lot of people say, Every day, what I did yesterday doesn't count today. And, you know, my disease will go, well, that's no fun. Oh, come on. Do we really have to do this? Yeah, we do, because you know what? I want to keep that disease away from me with my higher power's help, with staying in this book, with working these steps, and living in 10, 11, and 12. But we've got to do steps 1 through 9 before we can get to 10, 11, and 12. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Terry A.H. Good morning. My name's <clears throat> Terry A.H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. Thanks, Sylvia, and good morning, a vision for you. And I just want to um, kind of just uh, go back and um, read, you know, re- <clears throat> remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, and powerful. And they're reminding us this is the foundation of the first and second step that I'm powerless and that the help is available by turning to this power greater than myself. And I always like to, to, uh, just kind of um, give the definitions of cunning, baffling, and powerful. Cunning means to clever, crafty, sly, and sneaky. Baffling means confusing and frustrating. Defeating, bewildered, mystifying. And powerful means hits with striking force. And I love where it reads, half measures avails us nothing, because half measures does not yield half results. And it reminds me back on page 25, you know, it says, if you're a seriously alcoholic, or in our case, if you're seriously a compulsive, real compulsive overeater, as we were, we believe there is no middle-of-the-road solution. And if you think about that, and you're standing in the middle of the road, what's going to happen? Eventually, you're going to get run down. 
and um, you're going to get hit hard. And I look at this like we stood at the turning point and we asked his protection with care and complete abandonment. And I have to look at this. This is a, you know, and this is this is an all or nothing um, proposition. You know, remember back on page 53, you know, it says God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? So we get to make that choice whether God is or he isn't. And if God is, then I continue with the rest of the steps. And it says here are the steps. Um, here are the steps uh, we took, which is suggested as a program of recovery. And I've learned that this is a suggested program, not a program of suggestions. And I can adopt this way of life or or not. And if I feel that I know a better way, then I continue to do what I'm doing. But, um, you know, for me, this is not a take it or leave it program. You know, take what I want and leave the rest. And I just want to really put it in simple form. You know, step one, you know, my alcoholic foods will kill me before the dash, and then after the dash, eating or not eating, that my life is unmanageable, and we found out that on page 52 of the bedevilments. Step two, there's a power that wants me to live. And step three, do I want to live or die? And if I want to live, I continue with the rest of the steps. And if I want to die, I keep doing what I do. I keep doing what I'm doing and expecting the same results. But the real definition is doing the same thing and, ex- and knowing the same, you're going to get the same results and um, doing it anyway. So thanks for letting me share, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Terry. I've got uh, time probably for one more share. I might slip in Simma? here, too. So, uh, Simma. Simma, go, go Hi. ahead. Hi. Um, thank you for your service. I'm so glad I got on this meeting. In the whole book, this is my favorite two pages. And um, I'm just, you know, this is, I came into OA 42 years ago, and even though I didn't stay the whole time, these paragraphs were burned into my memory, like the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, and, um, you know, looking back, I I did not have um, a smooth recovery, um, even though I felt that I completely abandoned myself. I did not have any qualms at all about any steps, about anything anyone told me to do. Um, I jumped in with both feet, and somehow or other, I wasn't able to stand up and um, the whole time. But I did continue on this path of, uh, I never was abandoned by my higher power, and I never abandoned my higher power. I did not have a success with that. But uh, four years ago, after uh, an intermittent time of not being in OA, even though I never abandoned um, the concepts that I learned and the, uh, the connection that I had with my higher power, I was able to finally incorporate the abstinence along with the other parts of the program that I had gotten. And um, and it's hard for me to say that because I feel like other people are like, well, no, she didn't work the program all those 42 years. She couldn't have. But, you know, the steps can be worked but I won't recover from compulsive overeating unless I'm abstinent. So I must say that I know there are places in the big book where it says some of them do, um, some people improve. I don't know where exactly it says that, but some of them get better, uh, show slight improvement or something. And I guess I was one of those. And also I wasn't aware of the emotional, uh, depth of my emotional problems. So, uh, but I just, I just want to give hope to other people that feel like they've, They've done it, and they've done it, and they've done it, and they're still not getting it because eventually God does 
give us. Maybe I just wasn't ready for it, and now I'm ready for it, and I'm grateful for that. And today, for the first time in my life, the last four years, I can say I'm in one size body, and I, uh, I am grateful to be a compulsive overeater because it brought me into this way of life. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Sima. And this is uh, Sylvia Fox, Sylvia F., and I'm going to slip in here for the remaining uh, couple of minutes. And, you know, what a powerful meeting that we've had and we have every day, and I feel so grateful to be a part of it. And um, so, you know, it's asking us, it's telling us that if we want to be free, that we have to follow these directions. And so if you're new uh, coming into this big book study, a vision is a big book study, and we follow the exact instructions. You know, I I encourage you to get a uh, recovered sponsor. Stay at the end of the line. We take newcomers, and and, um, there's a sponsor list, uh, so stick around. But what does it mean here? And so I came in, and I worked the steps quickly. And then it says that we have to do a complete abandon. And someone has already said that the word surrender is never mentioned in this book, but that's what it's requiring, surrender and surrender to what. And I didn't know how to do it. I, I was uh, in program and I had a sponsor who I would say something and she'd say, you're in self-will. And I had no idea what self-will felt like, looked like. I, I didn't know how to even identify it. So in here in step three, uh, it says, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. And finally, you know, we're, we're going to get to some reading, you know, stick around the big book. We're going to get some, to some reading that's going to explain that. But it says, as this is how I could understand it, I had to turn my thinking and my actions over to the care and direction of God as we understood him. So I could understand my thinking and my actions because my thinking, I didn't realize how squirrely my thinking was. I have squirrely thinking. I still do. I don't have to act on it. I don't have to believe the the lies that my brain is telling me. I didn't even know that I was creating fiction all the time. I didn't know I was creating drama. And my actions comes from, you know, getting uh, getting the direction from God. And it's a daily. I don't do the steps and then voila, I understand how to live a recovered life. This is an everyday thing. It is not onerous. Just like I get up and I brush my teeth, I take a shower, it's just part of my day. And if I do that, I get the promises. And that is the gift of this program. And with that, I'm going to um, pass. And we are now um, uh, closed for sharing, but please stick around. Thank you to everyone who has shared. And thank you to uh, Team Thursday for all your service. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I will now ask uh, Marie J. to to, uh, take us to 164. Thank you, Sylvia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. 
Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of you as you trudge some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.